I was recently on my little road trip last week. I was listening to the Eurythmics in the car, and there must be an angel. Is that Stevie Wonder on harmonica? Sure is. I I found a copy of the Eurythmics Great Sits on vinyl, and I thought, you know what, for a fiver, I'm going to have it. So I I got it. And interestingly enough, the harmonica solo on that song, on the the vinyl one, is different. It's actually like a different, it's different. It's a different cut. So Um, he did more than one take. They lied. Well, yeah, that's I like what I, I kind of, yeah, well, uh, this well, is what I'm like kind of like. You. Oh, <laughs> oh Thurston. Yeah. <laughs> that was bloody smooth, man. All right. nothing but a, sorry, sorry, man. Nothing but a thorn in my side. Yeah. yeah. I think we need to be careful, guys. I think we're walking on broken glass. So. Oh! <laughs> oh, come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. You got one in this. Be an angel. <laughs> Hello, good evening everyone, and uh, welcome to Music, Movies and Madness. Here we go. So this week we're talking about the year 1979. And, uh, Here's a good well, song, 1979. Hmm. It was an interesting one this year, actually. I thought there was some interesting stuff. Um, some, because it's kind of just on that, you know, obviously new decade just coming in. And... It's kind of on the end tail of the punk thing just before the new romantic thing kind of kicked in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, I don't know, the death of punk? Transition Maybe. year, I would think. Transition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Interesting did, stuff. When, when did disco leave us? I think it was did a little it, bit earlier, wasn't it? Has it really ever left Well, us? no, not really. No, then in, yeah, there was a lot of cheesy disco in the 80s as well, right? Like the early 80s. So it was definitely still hanging around. Mm. I just watched that series on TV, that punk series about the Six Pistols. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not mad about punk, but uh, well, yes, yeah, it's very good, actually. Yeah. Did they mention anything about Chrissy Hind in there? Oh, she's in it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, what a definite watch, if you like that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. I, I, I think I do like that sort of stuff. Yeah. 79. I've got to be honest. I thought we were doing this next week. <laughs> it is next week. It is oh. next week, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We, we missed a week. We did a week. Of, we missed a week due to a bunch of circumstances. And, um, and yeah, we're, we're back. And I'm happy to be back, I think. And we're yeah. bad. Who's well, bad? You're bad. Who's bad? <laughs> Wrong year again, Ian. Yeah. You're, well, hanging you out, you're so out. hanging out for year, that, that particular album, aren't you? 88. That's a good it? album. It's a good I album. Don't agree. But, Luke, I, I don't agree. It's because you have well, no taste. It's because, oh. Glenn, you didn't. You didn't, you didn't <laughs> I don't know if Ian remembers this, how clearly he remembers this. Back, back in. In Form Two, nineteen eighty eight, we did a school production. Oh, Ian, right. I don't remember that. We did. It was and it was recorded. And Glenn's Glenn Chadwick's parents bought a copy, or got hold of a copy. And for years, 
I remember going around watching it at his place when we were at college. And I should have got a copy what? because it's hilarious. There was Ian. There was the song Two Little Boy. Was it like the Tin Soldier song or something like that? Mm-hmm. Ian was so in two it. Two little boys. Two little, little boys, Rolf. something like that. And yeah. And and then there was bad. Uh, there was there was bad. And Ian came out and did his Michael Jackson twirl. Oh, best Michael where Jackson it comes from. It's a bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember that, Ian, but that's probably somewhere back in your subconscious. Oh, it's it's. I definitely remember it. I remember things a long time ago. I just don't remember what day we're doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember all the old shit. Yeah, I'm fine with all that. <laughs> well, who else was in it with us? Because I remember we were rehearsing. Me, you, Chadwick. Who else was there? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Which which production <laughs> was this? This was Capity Primary School Form Two, Room Ten, Tony Ellis's class. Only Tony and, Miss, and Smith. Miss Smith was helping us. I remember two little boys had two little toys. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Miss Smith, yeah, she was helping out. Hey, I remember. What, what year was? What year did Bad come out? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Yeah. 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 So we've already reviewed that year, haven't we? Yeah, we have. It's yeah. such a terrible record in comparison to Thriller. If That's we go back, all production on it. Wow. You so you get- yeah, I do. It's just so I don't know, flat and dull. Oh, great album! And, oh, okay. Ch- changed my life. It changed my life. Well, I've just re- really? rediscovered that because it's one of the ones that I've managed to salvage from my parents' place to bring back. And I think I got it. Yeah, it must have been like my eleventh birthday or something. Oh, a, a record, uh, a vinyl. Yeah, a vinyl. vinyl. I've got the vinyl. Yeah. Dude. Oh, wow. So, I actually, um, yeah, gave it a spin the other day, and now, yeah, it still well, works. Still, it still the, works. Da, 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 <laughs> you know, it's still there. Still. There. I feel we've kind of digressed. Yeah. Anyway, nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> Let's go that's, back. That's the madness creeping in. It is. Well, it's yeah. Old age and. Well, <laughs> yeah. like, I li- I'd like to think, listeners, we create a space where it allows that little bit of madness and the title of our podcast to come through. Yeah, mm. it's like a it's intentional, totally. Oh, totally. They, they know this. So we still have... so you scripted. Could, you couldn't. <laughs> do we still have listeners? <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I know, oh, well, I know right. Vanessa's listening. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this, right? So we're going to kick off yeah. with, um, we'll kick off with movies, actually. Does anyone have a movie? Yes. Hey. Yay. Hey. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone prepared did a bit of homework, you know. Yeah. It does actually help. With the it show. does, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 ask, I, I promote the show quite a lot um, at work. And one of the young guys listened to it and he goes, yeah, yeah, it's all right. And he go, and I said, what's all right about it? What's not so great? And he goes, oh, sounds like you guys just sort of, you're like a bunch of dads and kind of like doing this stuff. But, you you know, it could be better if you prepared a bit more. Our and heart's on in it. Eh? He said, what's he saying? Our heart's on in no, it. No, he didn't say our hearts are not in it. He just said that we don't prepare properly. <sighs> oh, agreed. <sighs> Is he listening to the show? Will he be listening to the show? Well, I don't know now. Maybe, maybe that <laughs> lack of prepare. He reckoned if we prepared more, we'd be more knowledgeable about what we could pass on. 
And I don't know if that's entirely true. Why you, would you listen to it? I but think anyway, we're, listen, we're a font of knowledge. Sure yeah, see, this is the thing, right? Ge- the generations that came after us, they're all too damn serious. Hmm. I don't want to share all my knowledge just yet. I'm just giving it to you in, in little drips. Well, but that's right. As you're, as you're learning <laughs> it, you're about... giving it. And you find, you find four individuals, right, who can link the Beatles to any year back to, like, 1852 onwards, you know? Yeah. yeah exactly. Finding one, that one degree of uh, separation. Yeah. You know? and, and that takes a skill. And then you throw yeah. in Kate Bush, and it's just quite amazing what we do. <laughs> I think so. Yes. And look, and look. There are plenty of other podcasts out there if you really want a hard out listen about something really serious and knowledgeable. I don't think this is the place you come for that. And I think our listeners know that, which is quite yeah. good. Yeah, yes, but if you is. do have knowledge, maybe we could have you on our show. <laughs> yeah, please come and <laughs> impart your, your wisdom upon us. Because <laughs> uh, we're not that old. We do listen and we do take in information. We're not that old. No, 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 no. Bring out your dead. <laughs> you're dead. No, I'm not dead. Really <laughs> dead. No, I'm not dead. Did yeah, somebody dead. do that? Movie review? Oh, it's not there, there, yeah. there may be some Python tonight coming up. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, right. So what have you got for us, Glenn? Come on, boomers. I the have, I've picked Alien. <laughs> oh, well, Alien. Alien. Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Oh, yeah. It's Probably the scariest monster in TV movie history, I believe. Name a monster that is more terrifying than the alien. Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, More terrifying. (laughs) It's fucking horrible. (laughs) The yeah. I believe the alien is probably the scariest looking design in all of movie history. Yeah, I think yeah, it is true. absolutely I think, I think yeah. terrifying. Um, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to make a horror movie, but not just, you know, a horror movie set in like the woods or something like that. They wanted, and Ian's dropped off again. Hilarious. Um, maybe the alien got him. Oh, well, it is what it is. It is pretty um, scary. Yeah, you're right. It is. And I remember watching this film, oh, definitely in my teenage years, and I think, oh, yeah, Alien, whatever. It's a sci-fi. I like sci-fi. I'm a nerd. I like sci-fi stuff like Star Wars. And I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is absolutely terrifying. And I still am actually quite scared of that movie. Because what is awesome about the alien and what how Ridley Scott and the script associated with it is it's a masterpiece in not giving too much away and letting your imagination run wild. Yeah. Um, it's letting that suspense kick in. It creates a wonderful world of awfulness. You know, you're trapped. You can't get out. Um, and it creates all that suspense um, of, on the planet. Um, and eventually, obviously, getting into the ship. Um, so for listeners who haven't seen Alien, um, it's a sci-fi horror, and it's a, a basically a ship, a crew of generally older people in it, which is actually quite good, probably in their 40s, although Sigourney was probably only about 30 when she made it. And 
they get awoken from stasis um, by a, a, um, a rescue signal. So they go down, find this ship on a planet or moon, and it looks pretty bad. There's nothing around. The, the colony's no good. Um, um, and eventually the alien does come along in, in a various different forms, including out of people's tummies as well, which is kind of gross. Um, but kind of awesome all at the same time. Um, and then there's, then there's another history, another storyline in it around the corporate um, corporate world trying to basically almost capture this thing for its own use as well, plus um, um, artificial intelligence in the form of an Android um, story in that. So it's really multi-layered. Um, it is slow. Um, I went I offline. Think, I just went offline. Yes, then. Can you repeat yes, all that? No, 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 we just look, you know, you just have to listening. Oh, yeah, you will. And you know, and you know what? Um, I think it's a fabulous watch. Um, although I don't think I would watch it by myself even now because I actually find the alien freaking terrifying. Yeah, Um, agreed, agreed. Um, uh, I've only ever actually seen it once because horror movies are not my thing at all. No, they're not but my jam either. I'm, I'm terrible with jumpy movies. Um, anything that with a mirror and I'm I'm gone. And it's like you know, funnily enough, Steph and I, Steph likes quite likes horror movies, and we went and saw um, it, the oh, the, oh, the, the remake thing, right? Yeah. Well, we saw the first part of the remake thing. Mm. Um, me and the guy who was sat next to me, I didn't know, literally spent the entire movie like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went to this, like oh, both no. hands over the. And um, yeah, oh God, it scared the bejesus out of me. Horrible. So I'm not big on jumpy movies at mm. all, but I have seen Alien and I appreciate it for what it is. A um, um, lot of respect for Ridley Scott in, in what he did with that movie because it did open the door, to, it opened the floodgates to so many. You know, it really kind of brought the monster movie thing back in, in a lot well, of ways. Yeah, know. when I was researching it, the script was based on a whole of those tropes from previous movies of the mm-hmm. past. Um, you know how we've seen like movies of the early sixties and fifties; um, they had mm-hmm. all the monster movies. Well, this was a monster movie set somewhere else, and after the success of Star Wars, um, they were able to get it greenlit and 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 make it gritty and really cool. Um, I think it's still the best of the the, the franchises. Um, I know lots of people like Aliens, which is the more shoot 'em up mm. one, which is a lot of fun, but it's a different film. It's more of an action shoot 'em up thing, whereas the first one, scary. And enough said about Alien versus Predator. I don't think that's, <laughs> that, that's just garbage. One thing I will say about it that um, it, it's is the score for it. The soundtrack's done by Jerry Goldsmith and. Um, it's still like one of the creepiest scores ever. Like I, I, I struggle to sit down and listen to, to a track off that soundtrack. Okay. It's just all, all yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds going through it. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. Heebie jeebie time. Not good. Not yep. good. Yeah. Worse yep. than the worse than thriller. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary for a whole different reason. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the film that I've picked. Sound, yeah, good movie. Awesome. It is. Right. It is a good film. Sigourney Weaver's awesome. 
Mm. Yeah. Thanks for that. Awesome. Um, okay. Ian, have you got any, a movie this week? Uh, no, because I thought we were on next week, but um, just to touch very lightly on the alien thing, I have got a, a really, really helpful tip to you know share with the uh, listeners, mm-hmm. and that is best party best party trick ever. Aliens, if you're wearing a long sleeve shirt and you tuck one hand into the other hand like that mm-hmm. on your sleeves, you slip one arm through into your belly, so you're doing that whole. I'm just trying to demonstrate. You see, so you got that thing going on with the alien thing. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, if you get that going on, brilliant. Thanks, guys. That's all I want to add. <laughs> if you've been able to make it sort of come out like. That's it. <laughs> oh, you know what? Though that, that's that's a good point, right? Because for me, yeah, okay, the aliens are scary, but the face huggers, the like, oh that yeah, thing, oh, that's oh, a million times scarier for me. <laughs> Who thinks of that? That guy, yeah. that, the guy G Geiger, um, yeah, um, just he's a creepy artist at the best of times. Um, but they they looked at his work and went, man, that guy's so creepy. I want to use his stuff. <laughs> Genius um, illustrator because yeah. he uses a lot of kind of like biomechanical stuff where he mixes bits of robot with you know mm. monster and insect and god knows mm. what. Did um. Did an album cover for Emerson, Lake, and Palmer in the seventies as well. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. did he? He did, yeah. Brain solid like surgery. Every, look at that! Every week there's a prog thing in there, isn't there? Yeah, just, just. If we do a prog review, I'll definitely be there for that. I'll get well, the right day. You, you are actually yeah. one of the hosts of the show. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is part of the conditions oh, of you doing right. in your contract. <laughs> you're, you're not a freaking guest star. I forgot. <laughs> I know you've had a week gigging, but what did you do? Uh it's been it's just been one of those days. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. I've got an album. Anyway, who's doing? Who's next with the movies? Um, Dave, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, I'll get this out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was that good. This boats well. <laughs> This is awful, guys. Well, well, uh, yeah, look, um, seventy nine struggled, like, yeah. So I, I, I went with um, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Mm. Um, yeah, bored the shit out of me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so good. <laughs> Back to you, Martin. <laughs> so, so we've had. Oh, we've no, had no, we've no. had scared shitless and we've had bored shitless. <laughs> no, I will look. Uh, it, it, it's it's um it's got its moments, oh, it's but just but it's so it is a dull. slow film. Well, there's just nothing really film. happening. I mean, from a nostalgic point of view, it was quite interesting. watching some of the scenes and seeing, you know, Shatner, Nimoy, you know, um, all these are you know, DeForest Kelly. All these guys, you know, on the screen, it's quite cool, nostalgically looking at it. But the story is just so drawn out, and it takes forever to 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 do anything. Really, it's kind of it is kind of chalk and cheese when you compare it to like the next one, you know, because like Rough of yeah, Khan is just yeah. like action packed and it's fast and pacey, and you know, it's it's a very very different type of sci-fi, you know. It's, what I found. Yeah. This yeah. is one of those films where the Wikipedia site talking about the 
the lead up to the film is more interesting than the film. <laughs> the, the um the film this the, the, so this this of course this had a huge television build up right back in the sixties mm. and when the TV series stopped in sixty nine they they kind of green lit this idea of a feature film. Gene Roddenberry kind of said, "Oh, you know, we could we could make even more squillions and squillions of you know dollars mm-hmm. on this and do some films." And so they, and so I think at seventy five, they decided to plow ahead and try and make this thing happen. And by the time Star Wars came out in seventy seven, they were really struggling to to make anything um, worth releasing, and it was canned, and it should have probably stayed there. Mm-hmm. But a small film called Close Encounters of the Third Kind was released and was a huge hit. So they they um, resuscitated it. Well, actually, what they were going to do is they, they canned it, right, in about 77, 78, canned it and said, look, let's just go back to the television series thing and call it Star Trek Phase 2. <laughs> <laughs> original. original it's original um yeah. and that kind of shows where they were at right and so and then class and close encounters comes out and they decide oh now let's go back and try and make something out of all this footage we've got of the movie and and it kind of mm. shows right and so they released it in 79 to pretty mixed reviews um it's seen as i mean it was massively over budget i think it's cost about 45 million us Make wow. a truckload of money in '79. It did, mm-hmm. it did earn its keep, but only because people punters went, you know, got on the back of oh, Star Trek. It must be good. Walked out of the cinema, <laughs> probably vowed never to go again. <laughs> but um, Wrath of Khan was um, green lit, and obviously that, that that was that did very well, as did Search for Spock. So, yeah, this one's a hard watch, uh, but it probably has its place in cinematic history because it is kind of the the first one off you know after the the huge success of the television with the same cast right so probably you know in defense of star trek the motion picture what i will say oh, is it does have oh, an, oh. A, one great scene which is the scene where they uh go to the enterprise for the first time in the dry dock and it's like it's huge in scope you know you really need like that 70 millimeter widescreen thing going on to watch it and the the, the thing that makes that scene is the music and mm. who did the music well it's mr jerry goldsmith again he was on uh, a bit of a role that year yeah and, oh, and that that music was not that one not that no, one. what one is it no it was actually the one that ended up getting picked up for star trek next generation it's the theme tune from star trek next generation but the first time you ever hear that was in the motion picture yeah.
So moving on from that, mm. cerebral and scary sci-fi double fi double fest there, we're going to get into my movie for this week. And I did promise a bit of Python, and uh, there's quite a lot of Python in this movie. Um, so we're going with Life of Brian. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting, yeah, just getting ready to do my Brian voice. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, we all seen Life of Brian? Vaguely, a long time oh, ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like a couple I have of times. It's not the Messiah, he's just a naughty boy. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one, right? So. The movie, um, yeah, it was it was the second of the Python movies after um, Holy Grail. So Holy Grail had come out and was was a big hit. So they thought, well, okay, we're going to have to follow this up with something, make some more cash. So um, yeah, they decided on the idea of doing a, a movie um, talking. Well, it's an interesting one. This is a fine line with this movie because a lot of people at the time <laughs> thought it was blasphemous. Mm, I can imagine. Oh. The thing about it is, is it's not blasphemous. It's not blasphemous. It is. Yeah. It's just the yeah. one where there's a clip of um, John Cleese defending this um, on a talk show. Yeah, yeah that's right. And yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Okay. So the thing about it is, is it is heretical. It is heresy. So it takes the piss out of religion. Mm. Absolutely. But it never, never takes the piss out of God or Jesus or mm. any kind of di deity. Yeah. Um, all of those are actually dealt with quite um, with re with reverence and a bit of respect, actually. And and the Pythons have gone on record and said there's there's actually no humour in Jesus because it's it's not like you know the guy did anything bad really. <laughs> Everything he did it came <laughs> up actually made quite a bit of sense, you know. <laughs> so we're we're just going to lay off that mm. but we will take the piss out of the church and, and religion as a whole mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that was that was the context and that was the thing that kind of like was their kind of modus operandi for, for doing this movie but um yeah it caused a huge controversy when it came out it got banned in um several countries um some of them actually the ban was years um in the UK, it was one of the few movies to actually get um, an X certificate, um, <laughs> wow. which is normally reserved for like um, artistic adult movies. Um, very rarely given to anything else. Um, you would have been so proud. Yeah, the Pythons were probably over the moon with that. Um, it was banned in, in Ireland. It was banned in Norway. Um, and um, so they had a bit of fun with that. So in Sweden, the posters for the movie basically said, so funny, it was banned in Norway. And imagine a bunch of southern states would have banned it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, it almost didn't happen because the, um, the film company behind it, which was EMI Films at the time, um, got cold feet three days before it was due to start filming and pulled out. Um, and does anybody know who came to its rescue? Yes. George Harrison? Yeah, there's our Beatles yeah. link for the week. Yeah. yeah. Was it George yeah. Harrison? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. He, um, he, he gave them three million quid and said, go and make your movie. Um, so they still managed to start pretty much on time. Um, Terry Jones from the Python said it was the most expensive movie ticket ever purchased, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, yeah uh, George Harrison uh, also has a little cameo in the movie. 
don't you know that he's in it for about two seconds uh, but he's, his character does have a name he plays mr papadopoulos <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know it's it's a very very quotable movie you know everybody knows you know that he's not the messiah he's a very naughty boy and yeah you know, um Biggest dickus and all of that kind biggest, of stuff. Biggest dickus. He's got. A, does he has a lisp in the movie? Doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm, he has a wife. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. Um, yeah. It. It is. Um, it is often rated as like one of the great, the funniest movies of all time. Um, it's been in quite a lot of polls and things, and come up very, very close, if not won it outright. Um, for me, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it probably is the funniest of the Python movies. It's the one that I, I tend to kind of, like, if it's on, I'll, I'll have to watch it. You know, I can't, can't like not watch it mm -hmm. when it's on. Um, my favorite scene in the whole thing, um, I was reading a bit about this actually. Um, there's a scene where there's a chase and the main character, Brian's getting chased by a Roman garrison. And he ends up running into like a house and it's like a tower and he runs up the staircase and he gets to the top of the tower and there's nowhere to go. And the script writers were like, shit, like, we've just like, put him in a corner. Like, how are we going to get him out of this? And I had no idea. And they're sitting there like pondering it. And Terry Gilliam, who, who did all the animation for the Python space, said, I think we need a spaceship. <laughs> so he did. So he jumps off the top of the tower, lands on the spaceship and then he actually like, blasts off into space with these two aliens. And, there's a, a whole sequence of like this space battle going on, like between these huge ships and stuff. And then it comes back to Earth and like crush lands, like back back on the spot basically where it took off from. And there's this one guy standing at the side, and he just looks at him and goes, "Oh, you lucky bastard!" Yeah. <laughs> and that that makes that movie. That's still my favorite bit of the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's also obviously really really famous for the song right always look in the bright side of life um mm -hmm. which is you know probably become a bit of a it's one of those songs right you know football clubs always you know at the stands as people sing it and you know it's one of those pub songs as well that always gets played funerals people, it's hugely popular at funerals now but people wow forget, but people forget the classic line that goes with it though they sing it they even you saw it on a tv ad once which was bizarre. And they've missed the bit where life's a piece of shit when you look at it. Really? Death's a laugh or something like that. That's a joke. And, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. But they never have that bit in it. And it's like, well, that, that's a key bit that sort of twists the whole song, which I love to bits. Mm, and they yeah. miss that point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I love um, Python. I love Python stuff. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Python fan. Uh, um, I'm not that big a fan, I have to say, of Graham Chapman, who, who plays like the main character in this one. But I thought, you know, in terms of like casting, he's perfect for this because he's not likable. <laughs> you know, <It's, laughs> that's one of the big things in it. Um, he's one at, of the time, at the time they were filming, it, it was kind of touch and go whether he could actually do it because he was a raging alcoholic at the time, had a huge alcohol problem. Um, but he, he really, really wanted the part and it was between him and John Cleese and they were kind of arguing a bit about it because Cleese was really pushing for it. But um, Gray Chapman actually sobered up. He cleaned himself up um, 
almost too far because by the time they actually got to film he ended up being the, the chief medic on the set as well so it was like it's when i got a splinter he was the guy that we gave to pull the splinters <laughs> out and stuff like, <laughs> oh, you know. wow. um, but yeah um yeah i mean it, it's a classic and whatever your thoughts on the film are um but um i think the idea is like with all python stuff is just don't take it too seriously just have no. a bit of a giggle um yeah, so Life of Brian. There you go. That's my movie for the week. Well, it's the age-old argument, isn't it, with comedy? You know, where does it stop being? Well, people always have this kind of thing, this debate, don't they? You know, is it too much? Is it too far? You know, what can you laugh at? What can you not? I think Python are just so clever. You know, they're just really great writers. Absolutely. I'll stop talking about sex. <laughs> Is that the one that had the... the <laughs> is it um, too big? Is it too small? Will the guys like this? <laughs> Good stuff. Did it, have the, did it have the sperm song in it? No, uh, no, no. That's uh, Meaning of Life. The Meaning of Life. That, 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 that's the next one, The Meaning of Life. I remember um, when, when we got a video recorder, Dad got that out, and we were quite young. And because he grew up watching Monty Python, he thought, oh, yeah, we'll get that. It's a comedy. Sounds like fun. Well, it's quite quite dark in places, and I remember my little brother. He was quite a few. He's former years younger than me. When the teacher sex scene, um, sex education scenes going on, he goes, "Dad, I think this might be a little old for me." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh god, I didn't know. Oh, Brett. <laughs> oh, I just love that guy who ate all that food. And uh, oh, like, have yeah. you had enough? And no, no, no. And then he blows. Just one more. Just yeah. a waffer. And he pukes a waffer. <laughs> oh, I mean, those guys are genius, aren't they? Then? Oh, I remember loving that bit. And so, then as I've got older, some of those scenes about the accountancy company trying to take over the world and the battles between accountants. And that's, and that's the opening scene of the damn film. You know? It's like, what the hell is going on? I know. Yeah. yeah, just the fact that you've got these accountancy firms and their ships and a rah, rah, rah <laughs> so they're, they're making the point that the accountancy firms are a bunch of pirates. Yeah, very funny. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it does have the Galaxy song at the end of it as well, which mm. I love. I think that's yeah, one it's of the a genius song. moments of yeah. Eric Idle, that. Excellent. All right, so talking about music, let's get into our music this week. Yeah, so albums, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, back to you, Ian. What have you got for us? Yeah, okay. Well, mine's been a little bit of a uh, on the fly kind of <laughs> unresearched. <clears throat> um, okay. But yeah, no, no. yeah, I went for a, a little bit of an old favourite. This one, and uh, I went for Ricky Lee Jones, self-titled. Oh, wow. Yeah, you guys didn't choose that, did you? No. <laughs> 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 just chicken. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Ricky Lee Jones. It's uh you heard the album? You've all heard it? No, oh, not for a long time. None of you have heard Ricky Lee Jones. No, I didn't say that. Not for a long time. What's oh. the what's the hits? Um 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 <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no, she had a hit with it. She had Chucky's in Love was a big, big hit. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I know that oh, one. Chucky's in Love. Um, what was the other big hit she had on it? No, I think that was it. 
And um, are you familiar with Ricky Lee Jones? Not really. All? Not okay. So she's kind of awesome. I found out about her when I was about eighteen, and my stepmum had an album of Ricky Lee Jones. <clears throat> so I pulled it out of the um of the record cabinet in those days and put it on record player and i got right into it man it's very very good it's um let's have a look here they've they've this down as rock you I were listening to chucky's in love at 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah why do i find that hard to believe no i would yeah, don't, totally. i don't i don't i don't <laughs> I don't find this hard to believe at all. It was probably straight after Megadeth, but I, I did it. <laughs> no, I I like, uh, I've got a wide, you know, whatever. What? Anyway, so. <laughs> You've got a wide whatever. Yeah, I've got a wide whatever. So let me tell you about Ricky Lee Jones, shall I? She, okay. was, born, she was born in Los Angeles and uh, she was a singer-songwriter. She was a a cover artist for many years and then she started to write a few of her own songs and then she got a little bit of interest and someone picked her up and then she got she wrote a song called chucky's in love that's one of her own and she got the record contract and off she was this year's yeah so the album's great the first song i'm going to get dave to play probably the hit i guess chucky's in love song one thanks dave Oh, that takes you back, eh? Yeah, you guys love that now, eh? Yeah, yeah. So, do you, do we know who Chucky was? Uh, it wasn't like the doll with the knife. <laughs> I think it predates that, doesn't it? Yeah, child, child's play or whatever it was called. Uh, Might have been a pair of shoes. Oh, Chucky's, yeah, all star Chucky's. Um, what else is on there? There's there's twelve tracks, eleven tracks on the album. On a Saturday afternoon, Night Train's a really nice song. Young Blood, 
that's okay easy money that's my second song that i'm going to get to choose uh which dave's going to whack on now was a Joe leaning on the back door a couple Jills that had their eyes on a couple bills and the eyes were stating they was waiting to get their hands on some easy money they flip a dime one says well I'll take heads this time one step up one step back one loosened her shoulder strap she couldn't speak Her knees got weak, oh, she could almost taste it Easy money There was this old black cow Who was sending an old black Cadillac And Joe smelled sweet So she curls up at her boyfriend's feet She says, I got a plan Listen, Sam, how'd you like to make some of that? Easy money David, and the reason I chose Easy Money is because that, as you have just heard, is a real nice, uh, almost kind of jazzy song. I don't know why Google says she's rock, because she's not. I think she's, um, I think she's kind of like a slightly beefed up Nora Jones, maybe. Is that yeah, right? I I agree with you. It's definitely not rock. I. Eh? It's not rock. No, it isn't. I think they're songwriter-type uh, styles, eh? Yeah. Mm. But uh, I think you would really enjoy the album. This, I've got a handful of these kind of albums mm. that, I, that I kind of always have floating around. Uh, Ricky Lee would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cougar, Mellencamp would be another. Those kind of like classic American-sounding albums, you know? She's yeah. very... Is that the right way to describe it? Yeah, I agree. Sort of an Americana singer-songwriter. Americana, that's the word I'm trying to find there. Bit of that West Coast vibe kicking in there as well. Yeah. Hmm. I I think she she may have had a a little bit of success after that that self-titled album, but I don't think she ever was mega famous. Uh, But I think if you want a, a really nice album to play that's easy to listen to, it's a little bit of a mixture of, of uh, genres on the album. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's some really tasty jazzy stuff on there. So if you're a guitarist and you want to dabble a little bit away from the E, A, and Bs, then go and listen to something like we just played Easy Money. You know, they, you'll find them they're quite, quite hard tracks to play, actually. Um, 
which is another reason why I like the album. It's mm. it's stripped down, you know, stripped down instruments. You can hear the guitars and the pianos, and it's one of those kind of cool albums like that. Uh, but Ricky Lee Jones, I think she's also very sexy. And there you go. That's a good reason to do a review on anyone, isn't it? Quite possible. Yeah. And so, yeah, I hope you guys go and listen to it. Yeah. Mm. Takes me back about actually. Yeah. I don't. I don't know who produced it. Anyone? Any ideas on who produced the album? No. No. Well, we'll do another review and then I'll find out, eh? Carefully. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Glenn. What have you got for right. this week? Um, I have chosen Tusk by Fleetwood Mac. Um, double album released in 79 at that time it was the most expensive record ever made um and the description of it was that it was made with it in a blizzard of coke um an absolute blizzard <laughs> a whiteout even um and what you've got is a very eclectic double album um listening to it yeah you could probably say that there would make a really good solid single record but i think no because i think that part of the charm of tusk is the fact that it actually has a whole lot of sort of experimental ideas and play on it which i think is really fun um the first song i'm going to choose is um i think while i'm talking about you know a blizzard of coke um it ain't that funny anymore. Um, not that funny. And um, that's by Lindsay Buckingham and Fleetwood Mac. David's going to play a bit of that. Stop. you've heard their listeners uh, and team is a really frenetic sort of energy that sort of encapsulates probably everything that Lindsay was going through um, 
and spent 10 months on the record in a super expensive studio, um, arguably the same amount of time they spent on Rumours and got double their tracks. So really, it probably was actually better value in the grand scheme of things. Um, what, what, what point of their career were they at when they banged that well, out? R- rumours had come out, and <laughs> Rumours, as we know, was made them superstars around the world. Yeah. Um, and it just it's still one of the highest selling albums of all time. And again, because of TikTok, um, it's still on the charts even now. Um, it's it's one of those albums that um will never actually die because it's you know, <laughs> I think it's got uh, what what did someone describe in rumors as deathless tracks because they just never seem to die. They're always going to be popular in some way. Um, because they're good, yeah, uh, exceptional. And again, you've still, I, th- I kind of think of Fleetwood Mac as possibly the perfect band. You've got three really at this particular part of their career, you've got three amazing songwriters. Um, you've got Lindsay, you've got Stevie Nicks, and Christine McVeigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got a really solid rhythm section and the yeah, and one the, of the best. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. <laughs> John um, McVeigh is just. Yeah phenomenally good yeah they're solid as and um as a result you've got all that diversity you've got male female male female singers um a range of different points of view you've got the drama thrown in with the whole um them um and and it's ongoing it still is ongoing amongst themselves mm. so you've got this really wonderful sort of mix um can i tell you an interesting fact you know and it was an interesting thing it's well it is a fact as well you know when I do my gigs, mm-hmm. and if I'm gigging, and at a wedding, and so you know you got to visualise, mm. and I've got 150 people, and we're smashing it out, high energy, full on, you know, all going, sweating it out, and halfway through that set, we will smash into and drop the tempo, and JT will lace into. Now here you go again. You yeah, want to free and, and nobody leaves the dance floor. No. In fact, they probably get on there if they're not on it. It's an amazing yeah. song. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah, it cuts across all. It really right. does. And that's why I kind of think of them, you know, they're not my favorite band in the world, but I think they're the most perfect band. Mm. Um, because well, as close to that word as possible because of that mix. Um, and so I'm going to play another song here. I'm going to be a bit indulgent. I'm going to pick three. Um, Over and Over by um, this one by Christine McVeigh.
do this one. You got that smooth groove and beautiful love vocals in a very relaxed sort of style, which is definitely her all over. Um, and quite different to that frenetic stuff that we heard earlier. Um, and the last song will be from the other songwriter. And I'm not picking Sarah, which I think is amazing. I think the production working on that is brilliant. Why are you why are you getting three songs? I'm just being greedy, okay? I'm hey, picking right. I'm picking I'm going to pick Sisters of the Moon because it's so wacky and cool. It's got a great guitar solo at the end of it. The wiggles. Can I the wiggles say, are the perfect band. This, this in, 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 in seventh form, I was listening to. I had a best of Fleetwood Mac, so I I, mm-hmm. I, I copped out there because really all of the albums, each one's a best of, in many ways, especially rumors. But Sarah on this one, um, so Sarah I was listening to in seventh form, over and over and over, it's quite a long song, over and over and over and over, and lots of um, the following year at uni, first year. And I met up with, um, uh, do you remember James Pratt, Jared Stack, those guys? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We would we would carpool on the way back from CIT and Upper Hutt back to Wellington um, for that year, 1994. And we'd carpool into Mackie's little Toyota, <laughs> whatever the hell it was. And they were playing, because 
you know, at the time you had Beastie Boys and you had grunge was still a thing and chili peppers and all this shit was going on right i didn't really have anything to share but i've been listening to my discipline like and that fleetwood mac track over and over so i'm like oh right okay fellas i'll put something on so i put on sarah (laughs) i think it just followed something by nirvana and and you know what the guys were screaming at the top of their lungs you know they were loving it they were just they were totally there like Again, five of us in the back of this car screaming Sarah by Stevie Nicks. You know what? There's there's, there's a bit of magic in in that band. Um, And Tusk, you know, if you give me the choice to listen to Rumors or Tusk, I'll choose Tusk every day because of that sort of weirdness in there and that sort of, um, yeah. I've still got the album you gave me. Nice. Remember, I've still got the record yes, you gave I me. Found yeah. it and I got it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's a it's a wonderful record, mm. um, and I think it's aged really well. I think it's aged extremely well um, compared to others of that time. And that's my that's Lovely. my choice. Brilliant! Thank you for that. Awesome, Glenn. Okay, David. All right. So, Ian. <laughs> You, you went for the Star Trek soundtrack. Yeah, Star man. Trek soundtrack. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I'm asleep right now, except for that one song. I had, I had to um, pick something with. Uh, I had to pick something at the other end of the scale, right? Because yeah, Star Trek just basically. I lost the will to live. Um, <laughs> I chose uh, another self-titled album, um, debut album, self-titled The Pretenders. Nice. And that's kind of why I asked you, Ian, earlier about Chrissy Hind. Um, oh, yeah. Sex Pistols, Doco. Because as, as, as is the case with a lot of these albums that I review, I learned a shitload more about the background to some of these artists. And Chrissy Hind, um, no exception there. Didn't read, I, I had no idea that she was so influential in the, you know, the beginning of punk when she first came over and I didn't realize she was American. So there was that as well, you know, mm, minor thing, yeah. but she's, she's, she was American, came over to London in 73 and hooked That's up right. with, with um, the six, the, the, before the sex pistols and you had Malcolm McLaren and those guys and could have, it could have married two of them. Apparently the guy Jones and, and the other, the other guy and uh, mm-hmm. ended up obviously not, but then goes on to form the pretenders and, and ends up marrying the guy from Simply Simple Minds, Jim Kerr, which I didn't know. Just yeah, and, didn't in fact, know they, they they hooked up just before Live Aid, like literally that that year, eighty five or whenever it was. Mm. This is this is a chick that's just rock and roll through and through. She's yeah, she's totally the real deal. And um, and this album, I I do so. This has got. It's one. It's considered one of the great albums of its era, right? It is, and it. Glenn, you mentioned before that you know, or someone was mentioning, we were we were sort of waving goodbye to punk, welcoming new wave or new romantics. But this album's got the whole lot on it. So the track, the track one, um, of this wee gem is called Precious. Um, I'm not going to play it. Go and find it, listeners. Um, in fact, you got to you got to find this album because it's stonkingly good. Precious is very punk, very, yeah, 
clash-like. You can definitely see the influences there. Um, but then, you know, right at the other, the other end, track three of side two, you've got Brass and Pocket, which is, you know, a radio hit. That's the only song I recognise off that album. Yeah, and I was a little bit the same because mm. you don't hear the others on the radio or being played, but to be, I mean, the... the oh, the, stop, the your, cover, stop your sobbing, I know that. Yeah, one. the cover, yeah. Stop yeah. Your Sobbing, is, is extremely yeah. good. That's right. Great, great song. And and Kid, which follows it, um, side one on track two. Kid is one of my favourite. Uh, just the vocals, the melodies. Oh, my goodness. she's She's got... The uh, uh, an astonishingly good voice. Dusty is kind of very soulful on that. Chrissy's kind of uh, got some grit. I, re- I remember being stoned really bad once, and uh, that stop your yeah that stop your sobbing song came on, and I was uh-huh. with a group of group of of dumb musicians, and we decided we'd try and sing it because she sings it quite fast, and when you're in that state, it's quite hard to do actually. Uh-huh. That's not a, that's not a challenge for our listeners, but I just want to say it was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. There you go. Just yeah. Around, around. yeah that's right yeah 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 yeah. Man. um i'm not going to put on brass and pocket because you can hear that on the breeze mm-hmm. the breeze if you want to hear it mm-hmm. <laughs> um one that wasn't released as a sig- single um but has a fantastic groove and the the drum intro and this is the era right where you remember like billy jean michael jackson's billy jean came out a couple of years later and it's got that really groovy bass drum intro right and same with um rosanna by toto and this is the same sort of thing going on i don't know what you call it whether it's the la sort of sound um coming through but this one mystery achievement is uh wasn't a single didn't you know 
it's not particularly um notable but it's an amazing song um and i'm gonna put that one on now mystery achievement um last song on track uh sorry yeah last song on side two uh i've had this on for the last couple of weeks just in the background and on repeat oh it's awesome it's it's an instrumental song on there called space invader track five which is of the time right um given you know came out in 79 Mm -hmm. um definitely it's one that you could have on in the in the shop shower Wow, yeah. you could oh, too. In the shop, yeah. Chrissy's voice, yeah. She's still <laughs> recording. But did you know, connection to the Smiths, Johnny Marr teamed up with yes. them in 87. Yes, yes I see is, that. Yeah. Like, for me, it's just a wet dream, really. Oh, no. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> oh, Dave. You let your secrets out. Oh, there's a, there's a little story there. So Johnny, Johnny had I just. I wasn't expecting that from you. 
he'd broken up with his BFF, Morrissey, yes. mm-hmm. and uh, was a bit lost, lost little boy. And oh. Oh. um because oh, a lot Johnny. of pretender stuff by this stage was very jangly and very guitar um mm. light in the guitar. They basically invited oh, him oh. to go on tour because the guitarist wasn't available or whatever. He was, I don't know what was happening there, but and jo- Johnny, so the band gave they sent him a cassette and said, Here you go. A, no, two days before he was ready to basically go on tour. And he had to learn all of the riffs and everything within like 48 hours, something like that, something ridiculous. It's on it's on YouTube. And and there's a video, a very rare video of Johnny Marr playing up on stage and he nails it. Back in the chain gang, which is an oh, that now if you want a song that really hits you deep, you know that song was written for um written by her and um what was the guy? Honeymoon Smith or Honey what was uh-huh. his name? The guitarist that died. A couple of band members in the Pretenders bloody carked it in the early eighties. It was shocking. Drugs Don't surprise me. Drugs, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. How, how, Ian, Ian, how, 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 just to put that into context, I mean, how hard is it to be given a cassette and say you got two days to learn all this? I suppose it depends. It depends how your brain, your mind works, does it? Mm, yeah. So. I think it'll be a, it's a lot harder when you have to get up in front of 5,000 people and perform as well. I think that's the yeah. added pressure. It's right there. The you thought know, you of learning the songs, but doing them well and yeah, the, the thought there. of the thought of doing that for me would be awesome. I would take the challenge immediately and I would nail it. That yeah, cool. that's, easy. <laughs> that's what we like to hear. If, you, if you've got the skills, it's easy. Yeah. I can't, I struggle with everything else in life. I really sometimes have to think about things a lot and mm-hmm. stuff, but I can really apply myself to music quite easily because I've, because it interests me a lot mm-hmm. and I can get lost yeah. in that. So yeah, whoever gets that challenge, lucky them, I'd say. Yeah, cool. But to pull it off and do it in two days, I'd say you'd have to have a, a real serious amount of uh, of skill amongst that or talent amongst that skill you know you'd have to be amazing yeah yeah so that was um that was me the pretenders self-titled check it out definitely nice. worth worth listen awesome thank you very much cheers um which leaves little old me again um so uh just my album to go yes yeah, so i've gone with super Tramp this week i've gone with breakfast in america oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, love it. I think it's one of those albums yeah right it uh, seems to be it's like marmite oh, it's the musical marmite album you love oh. it or you hate it oh um, super take a look at my girlfriend <laughs> Oh, it's a great album <laughs> yeah i love that shit. i listened to it in seventh form as well another album just it's just got all the hits. It's, it's like three big hits it is, on there. Yeah. It's just amazing. At least three or four, yeah, four, yeah, really. If you include like, yeah, Breakfast in America, logical sound, uh, logical song, take yeah. the long way home, oh. um, Goodbye Stranger. I'm not the biggest fan of Goodbye Stranger, I've got to say. That's got it's, the great, it's one of great, it's one of those great. songs that seems to be, you know, you know, every now and again you get a song, right? And it just never seems to end. It's one of those songs that just seems to have like an eight minute fade out, right? you know? Um, oh, so, yeah. Eight minutes, man. Damn. Yeah, it just seems very long. Um, yeah, look, I, I like Super Trap. I'll, I'll go with this. Um, so uh, I think it's... And um, so you should. Good on you. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, fucking patronizing. You're allowed. You're allowed, <laughs> yeah. Martin. How 
Oh, oh, thank, you. thank you so much. <laughs> I feel vindicated now. Oh, sorry. Awesome. Um, <laughs> what, what, what would you call Super Tramp? Are they are they classic rock? What what sort They're of a band? They, 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 get, they get chucked under classic rock, don't they? Yeah, it's They're sort of prog, soft rock. No, heavy. it's not prog. It's probably art rock, which what? is its own thing as well. Art, art rock. Yeah. Art rock. Is yeah. It, is it a, I always get confused. Is like it ten cc and meatloaf, that kind of thing. Is it a guy singing or is it a woman singing? It's a guy. The guy, yeah. It's just bloody high up. Very octaves, high, right? very high up. Right, yeah. yeah. I always get yeah. mixed up on that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, we're going to get into one of the songs straight away. So I'm going to go with logical song, but the bit I want to focus on is the sax solo because it's actually a blisteringly good sax solo there. Um, I've got to say, like, the musicianship on the album is, is like, yeah. top-notch they're really really good players um but um yeah so i just want to um crank a bit of this so here's the sax solo from logical song Blistering. Cool. There we go. Yeah, blistering. That was blistering. That was amazing. That was. It's a pretty raw solo. It's interesting, like 70s sax, 70s Saxon albums. Like if you think of Floyd, right? If you think of, you know, um, shit. What's the. Oh, um, <laughs> what's the one? I don't it's know. Money. Help money. Money. Right. Money. Baker, money. Baker Street. Baker Street. Yeah. Baker Street. Baker Street, right? Yeah. It's um, coming to us now. Yeah, th there's there's a lot of like really cool sax solos in the seventies. Mm. Then, then, then it got abused badly. Yeah, because then Kenny G came along and oh, yeah, ruined the, it. The abuse that that poor instrument took. Yeah, and it's such a cool instrument. I know it mm. never quite recovered. I don't think. Not really. No. Die Straits as well. What's the Die Straits one? Yeah. 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 yeah Going home. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Going home. Yeah, yeah, that's got a bit in it, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Your latest track. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. That's nice. I do that. Yeah, but that's quite nice. But just got over, you know. That unfortunately, I blame Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. It every every bloody song of that when they've got that big band thing, there's just this outrageously squealy. Oh, it's like, stop. Stop it. Uh, what's his name? Clarence, isn't it? Clarence, yeah, I mean, something. good on yeah. Clarence. He's awesome. But <laughs> no, no, stop. That's why I quite, I quite like my Bruce broken, broken ass Bruce, like in Nebraska album. That's great. No sex solos. Brilliant. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. So the, the other instrument that probably got uh, a good workout during the 70s as well um, harmonica, mouth organ. Um, so that leads us into the second one that I've chosen. We're a great harmonica harp solo at the start of it, Take the Long Way Home. So let's have a listen to the intro section of Take the Long Way Home.
Yeah, so it was a huge album. Uh, it was number one on the Billboard Pop Charts for six weeks in wow. 79. And that's no mean feat when you think of the stuff that it was kind of up against, really, at that time. It was very rare for an album to kind of do like a long stretch like that, really. Probably, you know, obviously we mentioned Fleetwood Mac and stuff, bands that could kind of hold, hold that spot for a long period. But um, it wasn't that common with like poppier kind of stuff really i suppose well yeah tusks um, didn't, tusks certainly didn't do well in the box office oh well no you know the charts compared charts. to that that but was that was much that was big isn't it isn't it strange though that the, 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 the same with the pretenders and brass and pocket which i just assumed that it was a hit song back in the day like a number one song and it wasn't and there's oh, really there's so many so many that. that we would consider that to be classic Good, good quality classic rock from the late seventies, early eighties. That probably just was up against some just phenomenally good work, right? And there's, there can only be one number one at any one point in time, and it was just so much good stuff. Whereas today, will they be saying the same thing in twenty years' time? There Harry, can be only Harry, one. Harry Styles. I think. Yeah. I can't believe it was number one. <laughs> let's not go. There. Let's let's just not That's go. Not there. What I was thinking. <laughs> Back to Super Tramp. Back to Super Tramp. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I guess the the Super Tramp sound. A lot of it actually comes from from another instrument, which is actually the electric piano that they use, which is a, a Wurlitzer electric piano. So oh, Wurlitzer wow. are like an organ company normally. And they used to do like, you know, you go to the cinema and it'd be like the woman playing on the organ. Um, but Wurlitzer pianos have the, a really distinct sound. 
it's quite a, uh, I'd call it like a chorusy sound. It's quite a, a thick kind of slightly sound, slightly out of tune um, kind of sound. You know, and again, if you listen to things like Dreamer and and Logical Song, it's 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 totally there. Mm. And they used it like it's, I think you know Roger Hodgson, the, the who was the guy that sang and um, and played the the keyboard parts. Pretty sure he's still using that that whirly on like a lot of the albums mm. and stuff that he's producing now. If he's doing anything now, I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's just. You know, I think it's quite hard for a band, well, certainly probably at that time, when there was such a, you know, a huge amount of material coming out to actually kind of like actually make a, a kind of distinct sound for yourself. Um, and as I say, there were lots of kind of bands around at that time doing similar kind of stuff to this. Um, but, you know, Supertramp did have a real distinct sound. And that's it's one of the things I like about them. Yeah. It certainly did. Um, you know, the, the love it or hate it thing. Um, but yeah, that's exactly on the money. They really, when you when you hear it, you I know exactly what that is. And so, I think they're also maybe victims of being, you know, radio bashed, because you know if the, if it wasn't so smashed on the radio, they are really good songs. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I think again, I'm, like I'm, it's that overplayed thing. You know, so mm, commercially, you know. Mm. Adverts all the time, you, you know, Logical yep. Song got played to death for yeah, totally. a while, a few years back and stuff. Um, and I think most of the songs on this album, you know, Take the Long Way Home as well as another one that's kind of been played to death. Um, maybe, maybe it's just me being a dick earlier. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, you're entirely, you know, if you, if you don't like Super Trap, I'm not going to hold that against you. There's a whole lot of bands like Much. that, like Doc, Doc, Dr. Hook. Remember them? Yes. Yeah, you know, little river band, little river band, yeah, yeah. Oh, heap of them. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, you know, it was radio friendly. It mm. sold shitloads and um, didn't really hurt anyone apart from Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll get over it. I think I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, it's a fantastic produced album. If you listen to the production yeah. of those of their songs, it's they are tight. Yep. clean, uh, cut through, you can hear the lyric well, the music balance is good. If you Like I listen to that when I listen to an album as well. With all music, I listen to the production side of it all the time. And right. Supertramp have good production. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's well-produced stuff. Yep. yep, yep. No, they are yeah. on top of their game. The, the, mm. I did watch a doco about them as, as musicians, and they're just phenomenally good, right? Just no, no doubt. Ha no half day Harry shit kind of, here. These guys are. I gotta say, uh, I'm gonna put a mention into him because, um, as well as Roger Hodgson, he kind of takes all the credit, I think, or gets a lot of the credit for the songwriting and stuff. But there was actually another guy as well, Rick Davis, mm. um, who, who actually wrote probably about half the songs on the album as well. Um, and it, I don't think he kind of gets as much, certainly as much recognition for it. So, um, Rick, you know, here's to you, bud. Like, well He's done. looking at you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. If you're listening. Cheers, Rick. Thanks yeah, for everything, thanks man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. That, that's my album choice for the week. Bit of Super Tramp. Bit of Super Tramp. Well, yeah. did, did they, they obviously broke up. Um, were they estranged, those two, in the end? Did, did they yeah, they, 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 had a, they were having falling outs when they were recording this album, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, no it was quite, I think that often happens when you have, like, two 
songwriters within a band, you know, it's like the Macca and Lennon thing, right? It's, you know, there's a bit of rivalry stuff going on there, I think. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely had um, disagreements at that, that yeah. point. And yet, how did Fleetwood Mac even function? You're right. <laughs> oh. Sex, sex probably helped. Sex and coke, yeah. Yeah, coke. They were held together coke. with coke. And yet, Buckingham put down an amazing production on and honoured all the other people's tracks beautifully. Mm. Um, it's astonishing that you know they. It's all about the music, right? Music. Yeah, yeah. yeah they just seemed to cut through it all. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. interesting when you mention the harmonicas there that went through a phase. And I was recently on my little road trip last week. I was listening to the Eurythmics in the car and there must be an angel. Yeah. Is that Stevie Wonder on harmonica? Sure is. Yeah. yeah. So the story behind that is they got him in. Well, they, they asked him if he, he would do it. And he's like, yeah, all right, I, I suppose, yeah. Um, and they basically sat in the studio for like eight hours or something, waiting for him to turn up. He turns up, rocks in, does one take, and buggers off, and that's it. And that's the one that's on the record. Just yeah, one take. yeah, I think you said that <laughs> on a previous podcast, didn't you, when you did the review? Damn. Yeah. That good. Huh? Genius. That good. Genius. Interestingly enough, I, I, I again, like when I was in the UK, I'd, I found a copy of the Eurythmics Great Sits on vinyl, and I thought, you know what, for Fiverr, I'm going to have it. So I, I got it. And Interestingly enough, the harmonica solo on that song, on the on the vinyl one, is different. It's what? actually like a diff. It's different. It's a different cut. So um, he did more than one take. They well, lied. Well, yeah, they lied like, to you. Kind of, yeah, well, uh, this lied is what I'm me. kind of like. Oh, Thurston. <laughs> yeah. That was bloody smooth, man. All right. nothing but a, sorry, sorry man. Nothing but a thorn in my side. Yeah. yeah. I think we need to be careful, guys. I think we're walking on broken glass. So oh! <laughs> come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. You got one in this. Be an angel. <laughs> I actually heart. really like the Eurythmics. I think they're Dang. a great band. Yeah, Annie Lennox for me, yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned like Christy Hines' voice, but Annie Lennox's voice for mm. me, that that mm. just mind blowing. Yeah. Love it. Love it today. I would listen to her singing the phone book quite happily. And she's not too shabby on the old piano. No, she's pretty good. Any, there's some really good acoustic versions of their songs out there mm. as well. If you listen, there's a brilliant one. Um, you, you have placed the chill in my heart. The acoustic version for that, for me, is miles better than the the studio produced one. Um, yeah, fantastic, yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, She's classic. And he trained. was good. Yeah. She's a good player. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Oh, Rod, Rod Stewart. No, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. <laughs> oh, Dave Stewart. Now, Nobody Dave, knows him anyway. It's just Danny. Do you know the connection to Fleetwood Mac, eh? Yes. yes I do. Did you hear that I don't. podcast? Oh, yeah. It's a oh, it's sorry. It's a funny, funny story. you got to listen. Well, to I it. think he was a bit of a, a player. I think oh. he was uh, doing the rounds because. Pretty sure he, 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 woke, and, he went to a party. He, woke, a <laughs> he woke up in her bed the next day. It's like, mm -hmm. who? Who are you talking about? Dave Stewart. Woke up in whose bed? Stevie Nicks. Oh, did he now? Yeah. Yeah, he went to a party and he got a bit tanked and he needed somewhere to sleep. So he went and found a room in this party at this house. Yes. And then, Steve, then Stevie turns up in the middle of the night. She goes, yeah. hi. 
and he's just this young, younger yeah. he's a younger guy and he's yeah. like oh my gosh okay Jim, and, it wasn't uh, at Mick Fleetwood's house eh? <laughs> he would have been in there too. <laughs> it, been... it was an outrageous story it was that really must funny. that must really suck waking up unexpected in the morning next to Stevie Nicks like well, you're like to... oh <laughs> damn who oh, oh see, it Stevie kept happening. it didn't just happen yeah. once it kept happening for months just Did it? Tri tripping up and falling in for a bit yeah oh, oh rock and roll man yeah. <laughs> All right. Good to see you guys. All right. Yeah. Have, All right. have a good week, boys. Yeah. Take care, guys. Good, right. good luck with the lyrics then. Thank you, fellas. Yes, yeah, send me what you got. No, no, no. Just flick it through. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks. I'm signing right. out. Love y'all. No.